From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is so great to be with you, and we are in Christmas time. It is awesome. I, I have to let you know that sometimes we record these uh, a little bit earlier than Christmas time, so we're trying to get into the Christmas spirit. We have our professional studio decorated with tinsel on the mattresses and other... No, we don't, but... That's any, a lie. Yeah, it's, it's a lie. She's calling me a lie. Well, I was there. But yeah, Merry Christmas. And uh, we are going to be talking about, instead of Merry Christmas, we're going to be talking about a messy Christmas today. Messy but, Christmas. Messy Christmas to all and to all a dirty night. I don't know. So um, we are going to introduce everybody. And you've heard some of their quips and laughter. And uh, to my right, AJ Fry. Hey, guys. To my left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. Across from me, two lovely ladies, Natalie Franco. Hey. And Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. Uh, the famous chocolate river from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film was made with 15,000 gallon, 15, gallons of water mixed with chocolate and cream. The river spoiled and smelled horrible, and the cast had to shoot it anyways. During the actual recording. Why'd they put cream in it? I want to know why you know that, because I literally just heard that two weeks ago from my kids who celebrated Chocolate Day. That's why I heard about it. Why do you know about it now? Is it something that made the rounds? Because this website told me something. (laughs) It's just interesting. I've never heard that in my entire life. 43 years of living on this that I heard it two weeks ago, and now I'm hearing it as a phone Oh, look, fact. this is, okay, so I'm on an educational resource website because we are educational around here. <laughs> of course. And this was actually from September 21st. Was that Chocolate Day? Yes. There you go. That's why. Okay. Why they lie? Natalie, you know Willy Wonka, right? Of course. Yeah. Does, do, oh, people of hear, course. do people here in Dominican Republic know, everybody knows about Willy yeah, Wonka? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. What he's is awesome. his name in Spanish? Um... Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> we just had this whole conversation about tuna in Spanish also. It's tuna. <laughs> That's the translation. I'm sorry. We're multicultural here. <laughs> We're speaking in both languages. Willy Wonka. Tuna. <laughs> oh, well, we are... Uh, chocolate fr- is Christmas related. I was going to just say chocolate. We have been eating a lot during these times of holidays. And so we're going to talk Maybe about Christmas. And why are we calling this episode Messy Christmas? Chocolate is messy. It is. (laughs) In preparation for this episode, we all read a few articles. One is by Shane Claiborne and another is by Reverend Chris Gilmore, Nazarene pastor. Shout out, good friend. And they've kind of talked about how Christmas isn't always polished, isn't always just as nice and neat as we would like it to be. In fact, the original Christmas was really messy, really disturbing in many ways. And even nowadays, it's probably messy and should be messy. What do they mean by that? How do we dive into this? In what ways have we kind of cleaned up Christmas? What, what do you guys think about this subject? So I am often called a grouch. Oh, in in my family circles. We'll call you a Grinch I've never since it's Christmas. A Grinch. A Grinch. A Grinch. <laughs> grouch. Grinch. A Grinch. Or Scrooge. If you like. Yeah, these are Christmas. Because. Won't let me put the Christmas tree up in 
in October <laughs> because it's not time for that. Okay. So sensible, um, I would yes, say. Yes, thank you. Um, but the other reason is like Christmas is not my favorite holiday. And Thanksgiving is, but that's a different episode. <laughs> Just let be. you know. <laughs> you want to give them a Thanksgiving yeah. gift? <laughs> but I think one of the biggest reasons why I don't like Christmas is because of how consumeristic and materialistic it has become. Like when I was a kid, sure, I loved getting all the gifts and things. But now when, when that seems like that's all it is, is these decorations and these gifts. And it just, it just turns me off to the whole idea of Christmas. But maybe we're going to talk about this later. But the, like you said, the original Christmas was not this way. In fact, they didn't have Christmas trees or lights or any of those things. You know? You're Probably pulling back did. the curtain now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they had a Christmas tree. It was fine. We will keep that. But even what in I, the nativity no. scenes, like, it's pretty neat. And I never yeah. think it was that way in the original. Yeah, and you've got, like, like all these animals that are just sitting nice and pleasant there. And, you know, you've got these colorful angels with their nice halos. Our hymn says, no crying he makes. Right. I doubt that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Any baby will cry. Do you know that that is um, from Catholicism? Oh, they actually believe he did not cry. Oh. Interesting. It is part of the being sinless. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then he wept later. Right. Jesus wept. Yeah, out of sadness, but not out of <laughs> broken sinfulness. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but what I like about the Dominican culture is that they celebrate like the gift part of, of Christmas on All Kings Day or Three Kings Day or Epiphany. Epiphany. Yeah, yeah, that's the other name for it, which is in January. So I like that. I like that tradition. And I think we're going to adopt that as a family, as the continue the tradition with of, a Christmas tree. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see. I mostly just like the lights, <laughs> but that that also goes to like the cleaning it up and making it fancy. It's like turned into this event that we want to impress other people, and so like mm-hmm. you have to have the nice uh, decorations and the the good gifts that you give out, and it's all about impressing people rather than the. The thing I I relate when we were reading these articles, I kept thinking about um, I grew up taking uh, classical piano lessons and it was a weekly event of my life from kindergarten until my senior year of high school. So it was a rhythm in my life. And every year we had a recital and it was this big to do. We all dressed up super, super nice. And like our teacher went out and like got flower arrangements and it was a really big deal. But we spent the entire year preparing for it. And it was like this thing where we practiced our songs over and over again. She was a stickler for like, you had to have it memorized. You couldn't use your sheet music on the piano stage and all of these things. And I sometimes feel like that is what we have boiled down Christmas and even like Sunday service Two is this moment where we're focused on impressing each other Mm -hmm. of like you come in your new Christmas dress and it's like this cute little thing. And like I I, it's a whole production Mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. like childbirth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it's a it's a big difference to me because 
I don't know, I, I've never given birth to a child, but I have a few friends that have at this point, and I don't know a single one of them that showed up to the hospital with the intent of impressing their doctor of how well they gave birth. <laughs> um, just... Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm looking at Emily, that was not your priority. <laughs> not the priority, no. <laughs> Right. So it's just this whole different thing. Like we have turned it into an event, mm. into a piano recital of mm. we practice for it and instead of what it is. So this topic really resonates with me because I think we get enamored with the idea of Christmas, the way we've been brought up on Christmas and maybe not with what Christmas actually is. In fact, the title of Shane Claiborne's article is kind of strong. It's like, like Merry Christmas got entered the crap or something like that, you know? And even as I say that, I'm like, oh, shoot, like this, this is, is a, a family friendly. Podcast. Yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> but it's like and some people are like, come on, that's not strong. And other people are like, why did he say that? You know, but um, <laughs> but it's like we were translating it in Spanish, Natalie. And I was like, what do we put for that? You know, like and so we put estiércol. Or that, mm -hmm. You know, which is like a way to say crap, you know, <laughs> not the worst way, not the worst way, but still kind of a way that's like, whoa, did God truly enter this? And I and this resonates with me, not just for Christmas. A lot of what we do as a church is polishing up stuff so that people don't know really how we are. I mean, we we oftentimes feel like we can't share truly. Hey, how are you? You know, fine. We always say that in life, you know, and especially like, you know, if you ask somebody how they're doing, you know, they could have had the worst week ever, but they'll have a perma grin, you know, mm -hmm. and they'll just be like, hey, blessed by the Lord, you know, or Spanish, mm -hmm. bendecido por el Señor. And you're like, bro, it's okay to have a bad week, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I know you are blessed, but you don't have to put on something for yeah. me, you know, and, and like you were just using the illustration of a, of a recital. Like a lot of what we do in a church service is like practice really hard, get everything perfect. And then up in front of everyone, there's a bunch of people watching and there's people up in front, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, whether Christmas or whether any other part of our lives, we'd really like it to just be, this caused me to think of social media too. Like we'd <laughs> only like to show the certain parts of our lives, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That yep. we want other people, and especially as Christians, to know, no, we're we're fine. Mm -hmm. We're fine. Um, and so God really entered the crud of our life, you know? And Christmas is the best example of that. Yeah. The cross is too, certainly. Mm -hmm. But this is where he entered childbirth. Mm -hmm. and, and not in a hospital, but, you know... In a trough. In a barn. In a barn, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, like, what does this mean for today? I guess that's my question. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that um, just we need to take away as the church and as Christians and in a time of, you know, even Advent. And we've had other Advent, you know, podcast episodes before. But um, as I've listened to this conversation, it makes me wonder if... Uh, we've moved so far away from the rhythms of Advent 
that we don't remember anymore, like the Mm. grotesque nature of God coming into the world. And uh, we've stopped practicing that part of our story. And I think about that with the crucifixion as well, of uh, most of the gospel messages are, um, and they crucified him. Like, that's what it is. But if you lived (laughs) 2,000 years ago, you knew what that meant because you saw people on the side of the road that were crucified. Mm -hmm. You didn't need the author to explain it to you because it provoked images. And um, I just have to wonder, have we moved so far away from the reality of Advent, the reality of of Jesus Christ being born in the midst of hay? And and I have had a baby and and it is a messy, messy endeavor. And that was even in the middle of a hospital that was ready for it, right? Like it had the stuff. It was ready to to have that process happen. And I just think that God, when we read through his story, and I love in, in Corinthians, I think is where Paul talks about it, is like, it's God's nature to come down into the mess. Like that is what his plan is. It was never like, okay, you guys work your way up here, where a lot of world religions are... Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best I can be and 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 get to the best headspace that I can be in. And then I'm going to be accepted by the deity or and then the guru understands me and then whatever. But like Christianity is the exact opposite. Hmm. And God says, I loved you when you were sinners. When you were sinners, I loved you so much. I sent my son to die for you. Mm-hmm. And we just I, I think we've we have cleaned it up so much that people inside the church We feel like we can't be real, and that's terrible. But then people outside the church are like, well, I could never be good enough to become a part of the church. And God's like, no, you've totally missed my message. (laughs) That is not where we're at. And I just think that in in a season of Christmas, that this rhythm of Advent, and I know that in our family, when we started to intentionally practice Advent, the very first candle that you light is 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 about hope. And like the message that you you teach around that, whether you spend 10 minutes or, or an hour, is about the grossness of the people at that point mm-hmm. in time. And they were so downtrodden and and they were just searching. They were believing prophecy that was hundreds of years old mm-hmm. by then. Mm-hmm. And they just felt like this is never going to resolve. We are never going to get to a point where this is what we, we believe that God has us as his people. But what in the world is going on? And like God breaks into that. And, and we teach that. And, and for me, it's become so much more real because we rehearse the story every year with our kids. And, and I think to move away from rehearsing the grossness, right? Rehearsing the, we need a savior. And I feel like sometimes in the church, we can get to the point where it's like, well, I asked Jesus to be my savior and now I'm just doing it on my own. It's like every day we need to say, I need a savior. I can't do this on my own. And, and so I would hope that Christmas is in amazing time to say, I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus to break into the mess that is my life. Well, and what does it say about us when we have pageants and when we have like really polished things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, actually. I don't want to say that, but this is really recently I've been thinking about this. Like what if we just Christmas was the time where we just served more than even during the year, the homeless. Mm -hmm. What if it was the time when we more than ever were just getting into the mess of, of other people and of our society. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes 
I have to look at myself and I, I have to say, that's not the type of Christmas that I've been brought up with, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? And um, this has kind of been really speaking to me and I've been examining my own life. Yeah, I think the same, actually. I love Christmas a lot. And I can say Dominicans, uh, we love to celebrate Christmas mm -hmm. and um, we celebrate a lot. And after reading this article, I... Uh, my mind changed a little bit because as church, especially, we love to meet up and to have dinners and, and to do so many things as is part of our culture. And after this, I've been thinking about the little ones. And in Matthew 25, 40, it says, when you do it for this little ones, you're doing it for me. And I, and I was thinking, this is the way God wants us to celebrate his birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we can do it like meeting up together and everything. But what about the others, the little ones, the one that doesn't have maybe food? Why don't we share with them instead of celebrating like the way we always do it? I don't know. God is just telling me this time. Why don't we do it different? Like, we, why don't we share with others? Because this is the way I want you to do it. Like, it's my birth. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and if you do it for others, you're doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, so I've been feeling like this way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting, Natalie, to hear you even say that because we didn't do it intentionally in the church that we mm -hmm. um, are a part of right now. But Christmas has started to become the thing that we do the Sunday before Christmas. And it will be our number one attended service out of yeah. every year. <laughs> but it literally is because we decided four or five years ago to just do a few songs with the kids. And so like the parents of children that the parents are not a part of our church, but the children are, they came to see their kids in some kind of performance. And slowly it turned into the, well, we're going to have a Christmas lunch afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, I can tell you our church works really hard mm. on that Christmas <laughs> Sunday. They are not sitting there and like just enjoying the fellowship of the body, but they see it as like one of their number one ministries all year. And so mm. I think to us, it's been encouraging of being able to see how Christmas is the impetus for mm. reaching out to our community and they'll serve a lunch. I mean, we have a pretty humble congregation of about 40 consistent people and a lot of them are children, <laughs> but they will serve a lunch to almost a hundred people and yeah. it all comes comes from their own, what they're trying to serve. And, and it's been cool to see how God has blessed those efforts at Christmas time. Yeah, that Beautiful. is cool. What, I, what I've also seen in some other churches is like this movement towards more of a, I don't know, quote unquote, real Christmas. So I see some churches moving away from more of the decorations and lights and things. They still do that and they still celebrate and that's fine. Um, but what I've seen is like a more of a shift into like, what does Christmas mean? Like the church I grew up in always told us the real meaning of Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though they had all these decorations and pageants and mm -hmm. yeah. all these things. But like, what would it look like? Like if we took time out and lamented the fact that humanity, humanity was so broken that Jesus had to come in the first place. Like we were so messed up, so far from him. That his only option, his only option was to send his only son. Mm -hmm. That was the only way to fix things. Like that's humiliating mm -hmm. as a human being, right? What if we lamented that fact as well as celebrate that, that he loved us enough 
to do that, right? Mm. To enter into the mm. the muck, to endure the that kind of humiliation in order to save us. Mm-hmm. I think it could be both. Yeah. I'm always thinking of the shepherds because like I feel like that's the posture I want to take in mm. the season of Advent and of Christmas. Like they didn't know what they were going to look for necessarily. Like they had this promise of a savior, but they didn't know what it was going to be like, this king and like all of these things. They showed up and it's a homeless teenage mother with a baby that is about to be a refugee. Mm-hmm. And like, I personally am not looking into those people groups to find my savior. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. what if we took the posture of these shepherds and during Advent season, we sought out the homeless with the intention of seeing God, mm-hmm. not to help them. We, I mean, we can do both like AJ was just saying, but like the bottom line is that we know God is at work and we want to find him. Hmm. What in, a different attitude we'd have. And this message, I think, appeals more to us and to others than the polished Christmas message, you know? This is a message we can get behind. We're a podcast, obviously, that talks about missions. And this has everything to do with missions. The incarnation, which I think many, many episodes ago we talked about that. But God leaving the comfort of heaven. uh, Jesus coming into our muck and moving into the neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson says in the message, you know. And our neighborhood isn't the nice, polished, suburban neighborhood. Our neighborhood's the one with crime, the one with, that's just a mess, you know? And he came in and was one of us. This is Christmas, you know? And I even go back to, you know, the first Christmas after my parents, I'll get a little personal, I guess, here, but the first Christmas after my parents separated, you know, and eventually got divorced, that was not a fun Christmas. Like, Originally, we had this stuff that was just like, we all have dinner together. We all have gifts together. We all have. And this time it was like, okay, we're going to have Christmas Eve at this place. And then we're going to have Christmas Day at this place. And we're going to. And it just felt so weird. You know what? This message of God entering the muck, I think, helped save me during that time. You know, I was already saved as a Christian, but I mean, save my my spirit, my soul, my my passion for what I do to be able to say, even in this, maybe especially in this, Jesus is present. And that's what Christmas means. Even if I don't have the other trappings, the other stuff that goes along with what I thought Christmas was, the reason for the season, as we tritely say many <laughs> times, is literally that he is here with me in the crap, you know? And I can say that, I mean, later, years later, that I still say, man, thank you, Lord. Your grace was present in the midst of that, you know? So anything else that this should say to us now? How can we leave our uh, people with hope? Maybe with a challenge. I don't know if you have any other words of wisdom. Yeah, I would say just even following up on your personal story that this year is a year when all of us need this message. (laughs) I mean, we are in the midst of a global pandemic 
year. And, um, you know, hearing you talk about like the first Christmas after your parents' divorce, for some reason triggered in my mind in the United States during the month of October, they were like, we're canceling trick-or-treating, which I know that's a completely controversial Halloween trick-or-treating. In the United States, trick-or-treating is a really big deal, a Mm -hmm. really big deal. And they were like, we're canceling because of that. And it's been interesting to hear some of those conversations. And I heard somebody recently say, so do we cancel Christmas this year? And I thought, (laughs) I thought, well, you can't cancel Christmas. Like, because of everything that we're talking about, we need Christmas this year. Like, of all the years to be like, this is the year that we are going to have the biggest celebration. And God has peeled back the materialism and God has peeled back the consumerism. Mm -hmm. And the economy of this world is not that we're all going to be buying thousands of dollars of gifts and lavishing it on other people. It's not going to be that we're going and buying the best decorations, even though I've got 14 boxes in my house already and I need some new stuff. It's like it can't be that for many people because they literally cannot have that finance to do to to support that habit this year. And we need God and we need a savior. And I think one of the church's greatest privileges and responsibilities of 2020 is to preach this message. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? God steps into the mess. Yep. Yeah. He is our hope. He is our hope. And that is what we all need to be professing. And I would say on our lowest days as the church, on the days where we feel like, oh, remind ourselves of this message mm-hmm. that God, because of this mess, this world is broken. It is mm-hmm. broken beyond repair and we cannot fix it. But God can in Jesus did on the cross and he conquered it when he rose again out of that grave and when we live Mm. into that reality and i think that's why we can celebrate christmas because we know the end of the story it did not end with this beautiful angel saying hey jesus is here and then he died on the cross and we didn't hear anything about this beautiful jesus again Mm. and so that's why we celebrate christmas Mm. that's why we're able to because we do know the end of the story and Mm. so let's live into the end of the story let's celebrate this year that Mm. even though christmas is going to look very different for many of us that god steps into Mm. the mess and he dwells with us he's here with us and that's reason Mm. to celebrate Mm. well i even as you're talking, I'm just thinking, I know we're about to close, but I was just thinking really everything that we celebrate in Christianity is pretty messy. Yeah. If you if you think about yeah. Christmas, yeah. if you think about Good Friday, oh, of course we know that that's couldn't get messy, messier than crucifixion. You yeah. know, if you even think about like days that are, I mean, Easter, resurrection, well, if you read, if you actually read the text, you got people that are confused. In one, t- in, in one section, I think in Mark, it says they left the tomb afraid and bewildered, hmm. you know, like, like, well, that's kind of messy. That doesn't, that doesn't tie the bow on real neatly and yeah. say, the oh, <laughs> yeah. and then they knew everything went out well, you know, in, in fact, they even say at the end of Mark 16, somebody had to end the, the, the last 12 verses, you know, had to, act, that is not a good ending. That stinks, <laughs> you know, and had to write it afterwards. Let's get some more of the story, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, if you look at the ascension, you know, all of a sudden he teaches them, he's with them, and then he starts floating up into the sky and everyone's just looking like, so what does this mean for us? You know, it's just messy. There's uncertainty. There's doubt. And you know what? 
if you're listening to this and you're in the midst of doubt, uncertainty, you're maybe feeling like, oh man, this year has not been one to celebrate. You know what? More than ever, it's the year to celebrate. And it's the year to celebrate a Messiah that came into the guck, came into the mess to sit with you right where you are. So I, on that note, I, I'm going to just ask Emily if they would like to hear a little bit more from us, get to know past episodes where they can find them. How can they reach out? You can find us on Facebook at the Worthless Servants Podcast, online at mesoamericagenesis.org, or you can give us a follow on Spotify under the Worthless Servants Podcast. Please do that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, man, Merry Christmas. It's a messy Christmas, um, but as the Worthless Servants, we want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful Advent season and Christmas season. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we'll talk with you next time. Merry Christmas. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.